Welcome to the Two Top Podcast, the weekly podcast where we go over different topics in the world. I'm your host, Thomas Lance, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt Berg. How's it going? You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Make sure to follow us on Twitter to stay updated on the latest episodes. Now let's dive right into this week's episode of Two Top. Oh, hey, uh, we're back. Wow. <laughs> Welcome. Um, it's time to get back into it. Time to get back into the podcasting vibe in the good old city of Philadelphia. Philadelphia. And you know what, Matt? I've been busy this week, so I found a really fun topic that's very fun to talk about. Fun topic, fun talk. Fun so times. let's talk about the Nobel Peace Prize. Ah, peaceful. It's around that time peaceful again. Topic. Now, do you know why the Nobel Peace Prize is called what it is? Nobel Peace Prize. I don't know. Was Nobel a person? Alfred Nobel. There it is. You may know him for his Peace Prize, but... Of course. His main contribution to society was he's the guy who created dynamite. He was a big inventor. TNT? TNT, dude. Dynamite. Is the guy who does the Peace Prize. No way. Now, you think it's weird. Why would the guy who made explosions explosions and stuff, why would he do peace? Well, what happened was it was accidentally leaked his obituary. It was prematurely leaked. He was still alive and he read his own obituary. And in it, the man who wrote it criticized his creation of arms and using it for profit. So he was like, well, I don't want to be remembered as the guy who created bombs and killed people just because of my creation. So he created this peace prize. Wow. What a story. Get... Like kind of re- redeem himself. Yeah, it was his redemption, his final thing before he left this earth. So wow, it's it's pretty cool. And they listed to a bunch of different people. Now, what's interesting, it's in the guy was Swedish, but it goes down in Norway. No one really knows why. He never really explained it before he died. So there's a committee in Norway that picks these people, and I just want to mention some facts about it. So the first one was issued out in 1901, and there's five, six categories. There's the Nobel Peace Prize of Chemistry, Physics, uh, Psychology and Medicine, Literature, Peace, and Economics. So there's a, there's a lot of people. A lot of awards are awarded every year. So I want to point out some interesting ones. So we have... Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I have a lot in here. I actually put all of them. Um, what I know is the lobotomy guy from our lobotomy episode. Oh, yeah. He won a Nobel Peace Prize in medicine. A lot of presidents have won peace prizes. In any specific categories or? In the peace category. In the peace category. Okay. So there's a Nobel Peace Peace Prize. Yes. Let me, I believe Obama won it one year. Let me find. I think ah, you're right about that, yeah. Obama won the Peace Prize in 2009. And then the, but also it can be given to an organization. Like in 2011, it was given to the European Union. Oh. And they're given out every year to either one person or a group of people. It's not that structured that like one person gets it from this category this year. It's kind of more of a celebration of things. So they, it's given to groups of people, in single individuals, or things as a whole. And, you know, peace is a good thing. We want peace in our time. So what do you think? Who do you think should get a Nobel Peace Prize this year? Today? Like right um, now, in, in the category of maybe peace. That's an easy one. Oh, and peace. Um, I could think of something in like a 
topic of science. But well, what do you? Th- okay, well, if you have one for science, are you? I have one in science. What do you think? I have one in science, most certainly. Uh, Elon Musk. Hey, we're thinking of the same I know. dude. I knew you would be thinking of that. Um, for peace, I don't know. I I don't I don't like to look into poli- politics too deeply, and I'm sure there's some figures within there that are good moderators of both sides, and they're they're good peacekeepers. But um, I I really can't think of anyone. But Elon Musk in the category of is there what were the categories? Was there like a science and technology? Uh, there's uh, physics, chemistry, psychology. Okay. He, I mean, he literature. could fall fall under any of those. His research and his teams cover all of those areas. Well, what's funny is guess who won the twenty the twenty sixteen Peace Prize for literature? Bob Dylan. Oh yeah, I I know that. Yeah, my buddy was going crazy. So we listened to D- Dylan records all day. Um, yeah, as like a celebration. As a celebration, that. yeah, because you know he's a write, he's a literate writer. Even though it was song lyrics, uh, I mean, he did movie writing also. Actually, I was just last week. One of my favorite records is a Dylan record, uh, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. It's a movie that Dylan wrote the whole entire soundtrack for. He acted in it and he helped write the film, I believe. So he was a very talented man. I love things like that. Like, yeah, people that are more than just one, like category oh yeah cover them all the writer the artist i mean and one i know is david bowie oh yeah not only was he a performer and a musician but he's an actor as he did acting as well and he was such an influential part of all these different parts in society so Nobel peace prizes are they're important oh yeah it gives incentive for good peaceful behavior yeah yeah well not not everyone falls into that category, I no. guess. No, it's just kind of sad. But I agree, Elon Musk should definitely be somewhere in there. Or his corporation. Because, I mean, they're now the ones fueling NASA trips and refueling trips. And it's like, that's a big deal. A private company is fu- uh, furthering our space technology. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's, it's stepping in where we fall short within our governments. And that's... And that's, know, that's a piece of its own right and there. And that's what we need. But yeah, it's it was a busy week. We both are coming back from college, so... Yeah, first day back at, at classes here. Yeah, so I just wanted a little discussion about the Peace Prize. That was a peaceful topic. Yeah. I needed that on this hectic Monday. Well, what do you have then? What do you got? Well, this, is, this topic's a little overdue for me because uh, it's no longer summer and... Um, I don't have the problem anymore. But my question that keeps popping up in my head is, can people be immune to getting poison ivy? Well, uh, like going through poison ivy, can they not get... Yeah, can they not contract the um, liquid and, and react? Will they not have an allergic reaction to it? Because think... if you roll on poison ivy, you're going to get poison ivy, right? That's what you would think. I think so. I don't... I think I read somewhere that... Some people are immune to it. Yeah, and all I know over the internet, I'm not. <laughs> there's both sides. Yeah, you get it, right? Yeah. I mean, I have you had it recently? Uh, this summer. I actually I went through poison ivy, and when I got home, I showered and I washed it all off, and I got away scot free. Oh yeah. But some of my friends were not as lucky. Yeah, I had poison ivy this summer. Um, I didn't realize I had it because it wasn't like normal. I had it on my ankles, like in a ring on my ankles. And I realized it was from working at the end of the day, right where my boots met my ankles. That's where it like collected, I guess, from sweating. And it went down there. So I had a ring of poison ivy on each leg and it was terrible. 
and it it took like over a month to heal i guess what'd you do with the shoes oh they were fine because i would always wear socks so the socks were obviously the oil was had permeated into the socks so at least you didn't ruin a good pair of boots no no the boots were fine thank goodness now it's not just poison ivy it, it could also be poison oak or poison sumac um all of all of which are plants that can cause a temporary irritating rash when they come into contact with your skin. They all have basically the same oils within them. So this rash is a form of an allergic contact dermatitis. And dermatitis means it's like an irritation of the skin. I mean, you could get that with any like histamine reaction in like if you're allergic to nuts, you're obviously going to react. And either that's an internal skin, like in your throat closing up, or if you're allergic to like some people are allergic to pine trees, right? Yeah. And they get like little spots on their arms and stuff and they're itchy. So it's all like a dermatitis reaction. So the question is, can you be resistant to it? I have a friend who claims he he has never had it before, which might as well be true. I mean, and even my sister said she thinks she's immune to it. And I, I for a while, I thought I had become immune to it. I got it when I was little. And then even though I work outside all the time, I just had not had it for maybe like five years and i was like oh i guess i don't get it anymore until this year i got it so i was like huh well i don't know how it actually works well you'd think that overexposure to it would eventually build up an immunity to it so i'm surprised you actually caught it because i know you're big into outdoors work oh yeah i'm outside all the time so i mean i basically expect to get it at the end of the day like but even though i shower and try to clean off I, I did not get it until just this year, like I said, on my ankles, which was odd. I was like, are you sure it's poison ivy? And I soon found out it actually was because it made sense that it swept down to my ankles. So not everyone is resistant to poison ivy, obviously. So up to 85% of Americans are allergic to it, um, poison ivy, or it could be the poison oak or poison sumac, um, leaving at least 15% resistant to any reaction. But the key word is resistant, not immune to the reaction. Um, people tend, some people can tend to be more tolerant to contracting the rash. Um, it's an oil. Even those that say they're immune to the reaction will experience it if they're exposed to it like enough times in the, in the right amount. So it's all about your tolerance to absorb. So some person might be really tough and they could roll in poison ivy and they only get like a little bit whereas another person might like die essentially you know oh so there's no true immunity there's you will get it if you're in it enough you will get it yes there's resistance and tolerance but there's not immunity all right it's gonna everyone's gonna react to it the oil is is a poisonous oil it's like can anyone be immune to like a poisonous snake bite no if a snake's poisonous you're gonna die if you got bit by that snake right unless if you get cured or healed up quickly you know so if you're allergic to poison ivy you're actually more likely to be allergic to poison oak and poison sumac because all the three plants contain the same rash triggering triggering plant oil called urushiol urushiol that's the oil in all these plants and actually fun fact a mango tree has that urushiol oil in it it's the same exact oil as poison ivy poison sumac poison oak and they're actually in the same family so your delicious mango fruit tree is very similar to poison ivy. The more you know. I know, the more you know. It's pretty crazy. 
So, and you're also likely to have reactions to other plant oils, such as um, there's like a Japanese lacquer tree, and they use that on furniture. Um, also, cashew shells have the same oil in it. So our body's going to react to that, that dermatitis reaction. Um, sensitivity to poison ivy and poison oak and poison sumac, it varies from a mild to severe reaction. Um, it may not cause any reaction at all the first time you're exposed, but after a while, like I said, in the correct amount, you're going to react to it because your body, it's a poison. Your body doesn't want that in your body, the oil absorbed into your body. Yeah, definitely not something you're looking forward to. Some adults who reacted to poison ivy as, as like a child find that they are now less sensitive as they grew up, which in the case of me, it was the same. When I was little, I'd get it. And then as I grew up, I didn't get it. And I was like, okay. So when you're older, you're building resistance. Your body's kind of strengthening its its borders, you know, right. to I absorbing it. But like I said, it's not going to stop it at all. It, You'll with get the right it. amount, you're going to get it because your body, it's a poison. So my last fact is poison ivy rash is it is it contagious or not? What do you what do you think? Uh, I heard it is. It's. I heard it is also, and I I was like, don't scratch anyone, don't get near anyone with it, don't touch anything that they touched. It's actually the rash itself is not contagious at all. The oil, obviously, if you get the oil on you, it's gonna make you react. But that oil would only be fresh after like recently touching it. So only fresh oil. So if I even if I touch poison ivy and before it even started a rash, if I like rub my hand down your leg, that would cause poison that ivy. That would cause it, yes. And then if if you react and your skin's blistering, that's all like an internal reaction to push it out. You can't actually spread that to someone else. So it's actually safe. So that's like a common misconception. I was very surprised when I saw that because normally like your parents when you're younger, they they're like, Stay away from Bobby, he's got poison ivy. Like, don't talk to him, you know? So it's actually, the rash is not contagious. The oil is. So it's all about that contact. Well, I think it, that statement right there reinforces a lot of things that we've said on this podcast. Don't believe everything you hear. Exactly. <laughs> it's like some things are so ingrowned in culture that it's not the same. Like you may think poison, poison ivy might spread because your mom said so and her mom told her and their grandmother told them. But do your research you'll be amazed to find that most things you know are actually not true. Not as they seem. But, hey, you never know. And that's the stuff we love talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We have another one for you guys next week. See ya. Stay tuned. See ya. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg and produced by Thomas Lance. Two Top is currently a non-funded project recorded weekly. For general inquiries or feedback, contact us at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, and join us next week for another Two Topics.